Hey everybody, this conversation is a very random, fun one with me and Libby. We haven't had a chance to sit down and just kind of gab with each other in a while. But I did want to give you all a disclaimer that we are talking about weight loss and food and exercise. And so if that is not something you have the space or capacity for, please feel free to skip this episode. We just wanted to give you a heads up. Love you. Bye. Blind Nil Audio. I'm Alex L. I'm Libby Delena. Welcome to this Morning Walk podcast. <laughs> hey, Libby. Hi, Alex. How are you? I'm okay. How are you doing? I'm very happy to see you. I've been thinking a lot about you in the last uh, week or so. I'm happy to see you with your cup of chai in front of you. <laughs> that all makes me very <laughs> happy. Okay, tell me about the chai. What do you have in there? So it's just you my regular. Made it. I did. I made it. Yes. So it's the Kolkata chai. I boil it um, in hot water and then I add my milk. I turn the boil down once the tea steeps and turn, turns the water that beautiful brown color. And then I add my half and half and bring it up to a boil and I aerate it a little bit and pour it out. And then I added a dollop of um, whipped cream today for some sweetness. It's so good. <laughs> it's, it's really good. We've, we've got to get back to our tea time conversations. I feel like we could have a whole podcast on tea. Um, I, you know what? You and I have been texting back and forth, though, about the issue of um, different kinds of milks. So are you finally giving up oat milk? Yes. I, yep. Because of you. <laughs> yep. Sure am. I've seen so many healthcare professionals talking about how it's just not good for you. I mean, I kind of knew that. And I was like, this is why I didn't like it to begin with. Remember? If you go, yes. if you guys go back and listen, I've yes. been anti-oat milk for... <laughs> Long you time. have been, and I don't know what my um, I don't know stubbornness. I don't know. I um, I think I didn't really go to the almond because I was worried about the bees in the water, and you know like it all gets complicated. Either. Okay, yeah. so you know what my solve is, and then we'll then we'll get to the conversation at hand. But um, I was with some friends this weekend, and she had this machine that you put one cup of almonds in and some water, and it makes like a gallon of milk. Mm-hmm. I used to make my own. So when I was vegan, I used to make my almond milk. And that's probably why I don't like almond milk anymore because I drank it all the time, even though I will say mine was good. It was good. But in coffee, I never liked it. In tea, I never liked it. And, you know, it's it's not it's not milk. And I know people are, you know, are anti-dairy or some folks can't have dairy, but a little half and half for me and my life. Magic. Goes yes. a long way. <laughs> yes. I think you're right. I think there's something magical about half and half. I don't even know if it's, I mean, obviously it's dairy, but it's just sparkly magic. Um, so I'm going to try making my own almond milk and I'm going to probably be calling you to ask you how, did you put dates in it and vanilla? I would always do vanilla bean and a splash of maple syrup for mine. But I found, you know, because it doesn't have all the thickeners and all that stuff in it. Right. It's essentially, if we're being honest, is water and almonds. It is right. not yeah. milk. 
it doesn't froth very well. So the thing that people love about oat milk is one, it gets frothy, but that's because of all the additives that they add. And even in traditional, like commercial rather almond milk, it's those gums and stuff that make it frothy. But the thing about oat milk for me, and then we'll get off this rant because I know we could talk about this like all day. But the thing about oat milk for me is that it raises our blood sugar ridiculously high. So I'm a nerd about glucose right now because I'm wearing a continuous glucose monitor just to see, I'm not diabetic or anything, but just to see how food impacts my body. And I'm on um, a weight loss, weight, I hate talking about this, but like a weight loss journey, meaning I want to, by my 35th birthday in July, I want to slim down and tone up and feel really strong in my body. So it's not about being you know, skinny. It's about feeling strong. Having babies back to back and then having COVID happen, your girl is was struggling, right? And so um, I feel, you know, just like I want to know what I'm eating, how I'm, how the food I'm eating is impacting my blood sugar. And wow, it is, it is amazing. And the science nerd in me is like, oh, this is cool. So, you know, just I've been thinking a lot about stuff like that, and. I see oat milk is having a, a cancel moment. So I was like, let me send this to Libby because <laughs> I she is my oat milk queen. Okay. <laughs> I am so glad you did. I'm so glad you did. And I'll be honest, I it took me a, f- a few of the videos. I was like, oh, darn, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna make a shift. I have to make a shift. And you're right. I, I actually don't have any problem with lactose, so um I don't know why I shifted over to begin with, but thank you for <laughs> loving me and sharing that with me because now I'm going to make a shift. And now we're going to have to we're going to have to loop back on the glucose monitor thing. I want more data. I want more info on that, please. Um, what would I so do without I- you? I love you <laughs> so much. <laughs> You're like my guide in all of this. Oh my gosh! Listen, well, I disclaimer: I am not an expert. Libby knows this. <laughs> I'm just a gal gal who likes stuff like this. I'm a tech girly. Um, glucose monitor. So I follow this this guy on TikTok. It always goes back to TikTok. Who, <laughs> who actually um, wears a continuous glucose monitor and he tries all these different foods and he shares how the foods impact his blood sugar. I think he actually may be, may be diabetic but anyway, I've been getting a lot of my meal ideas from him. Um, he does things like, what does sourdough and these eggs and avocado do to my blood sugar? And then he breaks down the science of, oh, yeah, we can have carbs. Carbs is carbs are not the issue. It's how many carbs we're having. It's if we're having it with protein because the protein kind of like counteracts what the carbohydrates do to our blood. It is, it's so cool. It's so, so like, fascinating. Yeah, I'm getting one. Um, he did like, he had a large McDonald's fry and we saw what that did to his blood sugar after two hours. And it's just, it is helping me make mindful choices yes. about the food that I'm eating, how I'm eating, when I'm eating, why I'm eating. Because if we're being honest, like during COVID, I was eating all the time, not paying attention to what I was doing. I was nursing. So I was like, not making mindful choices. Um, right. and it sh- it showed it showed in how i felt in my body it showed in how my clothes fit mm-hmm. um, it didn't matter that i was nursing i was still eating more than i was burning this is not a weight loss show guys so you know 
<laughs> Sorry, but like it's just something that I really want to be more mindful about as I get older. I'm five years from 40. And my mom just got diagnosed with type 2 diabetes. And a big part of this for me is, one, I want to avoid that diagnosis for myself. And two, I want to be able to support her in this journey. She's wearing a continuous glucose monitor right now, which that just kind of happened by chance with her diagnosis happening. And I was like, mom, I bought one just to see how my blood sugar is doing when I eat. How about we do something together where it's oh, like, lovely. hey, yeah. I can have these eggs and avocado. Mm-hmm. I can have this bacon and this um, whatever. And I don't know. I just, I feel like it, it could also be a supportive way to support her in this in this journey. And also, fun fact, apple cider vinegar actually does help with our digestion and low and has a positive impact on our glucose. I have been testing it out with certain foods that are maybe more carby than others and it works and it's amazing. I love apple cider vinegar. Yeah. So I've been to being at a table to tell my mom like, hey mom, you know, have a shot of apple cider vinegar diluted in some water if you're going to have X, Y, and Z. And it just feels, I mean, I'm not her doctor, but it just feels nice to be like- To connect, yeah. To connect. To connect in that way. I have I wrote down three things. Number one, I really want to acknowledge where you would like to be by your upcoming birthday and the focus on strength. I will say I'm about to tiptoe into my 62nd birthday, and strength for me at this age is also a really powerful motivator. In fact, I'm beginning to do research on this concept of rucking, of carrying mm. weight with so there's vests, there's backpacks, but adding weight as I walk. I have a weighted vest, Libby. Oh, yes. Okay. So, okay. Yep. I don't walk with it, but I use it when I'm on the Peloton and it helps give me that extra resistance. Exactly. So now I'm looking into, okay, which weighted vest and adding some um, weight because I think strength and flexibility, especially as I begin to tiptoe into these, you know, elder years, I think it's all really important, super important. Um, I'd be interested to know, does your does the walking have an impact on your glucose? I mean, yes. Like- yes. Okay. Okay. So- and then lastly, hold, please hold, hold your thought. <laughs> Um, And then lastly, you were talking about wanting to be more mindful about what you're eating. Remember, one of the podcasts that you and I love the most, it's where we, I I mean, I was in love with you already, but we shared the um, podcast, uh, The Way Out Is In, The Way In Is Out, (laughs) and it was about The Way way Out out Is In. in. Yes. Mm -hmm. Right. And it was about drinking tea and how that is a meditative practice. That Mm -hmm. is... Yes, you are drinking and making tea, but you, so um, acknowledging the fo- the desire for strength, I'm, I support you in that. And um, I love that we're both doing that. Number one, number two, what is walking having, what's the impact on the glucose monitor? And number three, that beautiful podcast about mindfulness and drinking tea. <laughs> and I interrupted you. What were you going to say? No, no, no. So I'm glad you brought that up because, so this is not a sponsored anything no. on nope. you know for this glucose monitor but I'm using this app called Signos it's this program that provides the glucose monitors and what have you so what's really awesome is that before I eat there are different challenges within the app that say hey 
before you eat, go take a 30-minute walk and see how it impacts your blood sugar. Or hey, after you eat, go take a 20-minute walk and see what that does to your blood sugar. I loved seeing that because it's not like go on the Peloton and burn everything, Mm-mm. burn all these calories and blah, blah, blah. It's like go for a walk. Something else, if I have something that's a little more, that's a higher in carbohydrates and is going to have, um, it's going to give my body a spike in my glucose, it'll say, hey, you're going to get a moderate to high spike here after having that rice bowl or that sandwich. Go for a 30-minute walk and you can reduce your spike. So it's been fun to be able to go outside after I eat. And the goal here is learning to trust and know your body and let it be the machine it is to work for us. And also our job is to do things that can help to support the machine's working function. And and I, I feel better after I walk, after I eat. You know what I mean? Like it's, it, and it's like, oh, this is the science. This works. And I will see a dip in my glucose after I'm done with my walk, a brisk walk. And it'll say, good for you. You've reduced your insulin spike. And it's just like, or your glucose spike. And it's just like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. And it just, it makes eating more fun. It makes my mindful choices more fun. It makes working out, which I hate. Y'all have heard me say this multiple times, more fun. But also, you know, to be honest, my mom's diagnosis, it really scared me. It scares me for her. And I'm, I've always been pretty active and pretty fit. But over the past four years, I have gone from a low weight to my highest weight to back down to a low weight. And I don't want these fluctuations. They say that's not good for your health. It's not good for your body. As I'm stepping into 35 and getting closer, you know, to 40, I want to feel, they're saying how important strength training is for women, how it'll help with menopause, how it helps us with all these different things. And feeling strong in my body is more important to me than the number on the scale Feeling healthy in my body is more important to me than being skinny because you know how society is like, if you're skinnier, you're better, right? I was working out really diligently in 2022 and had got down to my pre-pregnancy weight. And I remember feeling like really proud of myself, but not because of how I looked in the mirror, but because I could lift 75 pounds in my training sessions. I could do 30 push-ups now instead of five and I wouldn't suffer through it. Like I just felt like a badass and strong. And so I want to keep that feeling of strength in my body through not only the shift in, you know, eating and working out, but in my walking practice, like I notice when I'm not eating well, when I'm not sleeping well, that part, the sleeping part, I don't walk well. No. It's a drag. Yep. When I'm energized, there's a different ease and lightness that comes along with my walks. And so, you know, learning, learning as I go. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love this. I love this because um, the Italians have something called a pasajata. Mm. Pazajata is, um, uh, I think I, I, I don't know the precise definition, but it is that there is a name for what you do when you go for a walk after eating, specifically after dinner. And they eat the best pasta and they're still living their best <laughs> life. 
<laughs> I know, right? But these communities, basically, they all know roughly when they're eating, they're all out in the street going for a walk, mm-hmm. kind of as a community together, because they know they're all going to sleep better if they go for a walk after eating dinner. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, and I just, I love that there's an actual name for it. Um, my dear friend Olivia turned me on to that. It's like when I found that out, it's like, Right. That makes sense. There should be a name for what that is. And of course, the Italians have it. Of course, they do. It's beautiful. (laughs) I know. Hey, walk stars. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Hey, it's Torre. Every week on my podcast, Torre Show, I interview amazing people like Andre 3000, Jada Pinkett Smith, Brisha Webb, Charles Blow, and all sorts of people about what fueled their rise to success and the ways in which being Black shows up in their work. If you want some inspiration to help achieve your dreams, listen to Torrey's show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome back to this Morning Walk podcast. Okay, so Alex, tell me about Weighted Vest. I have done a little bit of research and the, you know, I have a bunch of backpacks. I keep thinking I'm just going to take some, you know, bags of beans and rice and put it in the back of my backpack, but I don't think that's the right way to go. So, um, but I am becoming more and more convinced that adding uh, a weight component to my walk, maybe not every single day and maybe not for you know, I happen to go out for a bunch of miles, maybe not even all of them, maybe. And how much weight? I don't, there's so many variables and I don't know. So tell me what you know. I don't know much. I just knew that I wanted to, I'm kind of a lazy exerciser. So I was like, <laughs> if I get a weighted vest and do my Peloton, I'm getting cardio and strength training yeah. at the same time. <laughs> so if I'm being honest, I love you. (laughs) That's what it was. It wasn't, you know, but I've walked with my weighted vest and it is a different type of walk. It is a different type of walk, which we've talked about. Not every walk is going to be our easeful walk. Some walks, some people are walking for weight loss and that is fine. I want to stigmatize women who choose to to work out and lose weight or to work out and move their body in an exercisable fashion versus it just being a mindfulness practice because it can be both. We all know we can can hold multiple things at once, right? Absolutely. So I think my vest is 25 pounds. And I can re- I can only do like a mile in it because it gets okay. heavy, and it's a slower walk because of the mm-hmm. weight. But I like it. I got it as I said 
for lazy girl fitness, you know, to, to, to kill two <laughs> birds with one stone. But it is nice when I'm like, okay, maybe I don't feel like going for a three mile walk today. And I just want to do a one miler with my vest or a half a mile with my vest. And yeah. it's fine. I think you should get one. It's fine. Um, I also got ankle weights because I thought that I could use those for, again, li- <laughs> lazy girl fitness, for my walking pad. But they are <laughs> That's heavy. That's our new podcast, by the way. It's called Lazy Girl Fitness. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I got those for my walking pad, but they're really heavy and uncomfortable to walk in. So I don't recommend those. And how does... How do we make sure that, um, A, I wonder how you decide on the weight. I need, uh, there's more research I need to do, clearly. And is, you know, it's that age-old question. Is it better to do less weight? Uh, 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 here's the question. What's more weight, better? less better? reps. Is that what it is? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is it, is it um, actually a lighter vest? Let's call it a 10-pound vest and go for more miles. I tend to walk more miles, I think, you know, than I, I walk a lot of miles. Um, I don't think I want to carry 25 pounds for all those miles. So I don't I, think so know, either. There's, <laughs> there's so many variables and yeah, so I'm just, I, and I don't think I really like the backpack style. It feels like it would be kind of like hunchy, hunchy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would get, get both, open. Get, get a 10 yeah, pounder, try them both. get a 25 pounder, see what happens. Um, it's fun to play. Like, I think that's what I'm really leaning into this season is because, you know, my word for 2024 is spacious, space, mm-hmm. and every variation of space. I'm giving myself more room, more space to play and to try new things and to challenge myself and to see where I need to make space to take it easy on myself, especially as I, you know, have this goal of reaching my fitness for my 35th year. Like, I want to have space to have fun. I do yeah. not I do not like working out, y'all. I don't. I don't. But I have to because I'm at that age where yoga is not enough. I could do I would go to Bikram all the time and I was not strong. I was skinny, but I wasn't strong. I was sweating my life away, but I didn't feel strong. And so mm-hmm. I just I want to make space to have fun in this new um challenge in my life of, you know, doing something I don't love doing and then looking forward to those glorious walks after. Because my trainer would always say, you're going to do this. You hate this. I know you do, but you love your walks. Go and walk because you'll flush that lactic acid out of your muscles and it'll be great. And I'm like, dude, hurry up so I can get to my walk. Right. So, (laughs) you know, it's all, it's, 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 everything doesn't have to be um, hard. It can be challenging, right. but it doesn't have to be hard emotionally. And so that's what I'm learning this season or heavy all the time, right? It's just, yeah, right. right. you know. I will say that was such a breakthrough when you said, get both. And of course, right? Try both. Yeah. Try them out. See which one. I, I don't know. I've never done this before. So um, I love that idea of just it's sort of experimenting. Something actually that I've been thinking about a lot lately is actually sort of in keeping with this whole conversation of how to improve sleep or how my sleep hygiene is pretty good, pretty good, not bad, but I've just been paying attention to it more. And then to your point about space, I also feel like when I make a shift, I have to allow there to be space for the change to actually take hold. What do I mean by that? So I'm a mouth taper. I Are you? Yeah. You've never told me this. <laughs> wow. Well, I, yeah, I, true. that's true. 
we haven't been sleeping in the same house for a while, so we need to fix that. But right, <laughs> mouth taping. Wow. And I, so mouth taping, at first I was really super skeptical. I read James Nestor's book, Breathe, or is it Breath? I think it's Breath. <laughs> in any case, and um, I did it, and it didn't really click in until I was about five weeks in. And at five weeks in, it was sort of like a game changer. Recently, I have started using an eye mask. And the thing about this eye mask is it sort of feels like a little bit of a weighted blanket. It like has a little bit of pressure. Mm, send me now, the link. Drop the link. I will. Yeah. And and so um, the truth of the matter, not not a sexy look, Alex. Nope. Mouth tape and an eye mask. Nope. <laughs> not, not, you know, it's not a problem currently, but that's, you know, it's going to have to make some changes at some point. <laughs> But the thing about the mouth tape and the eye mask is it didn't really help or I didn't notice any change until some time had passed. So I'm, I'm reflecting on your notion of spaciousness, like allow these changes space to actually have an impact. It, I think I get into this place where like, oh, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to try something and oh, it didn't have an, it, it had no impact two days later. Well, give it space, give it time. Mm. Mm -hmm. allow it to allow your body to adjust or to shift or so I guess that's my I'm reflecting on your word space and how that uh, spaciousness and allowing uh, any shift that we make the grace of space to actually show up in our lives so yes mouth tape something that you just said really struck me because and I want to hear your thoughts especially as you walk into 62 I was a quitter growing up. I would find things that I wanted to do and that I wanted to try, and I would mostly try them, but I would quit if I didn't become good at it. Mm. I also have been unpacking this a lot when it comes to really giving myself the space to try. So unfortunately, when I was coming up, a part of my caretaker's punishments for me was to pull me out of activities, especially if I liked them. Mm. And that set me up for mm, self-worth issues, if we're really going to peel back the layers, self-trust issues, and being a quitter. And so... A challenge that I'm ha I'm giving myself this year is to actually stick with the things, even if it's hard, even if I want to quit sometimes. I mean, we do have to know when to quit, but mm -hmm. when you are conditioned to leave a thing or stop a thing as a means of punishment or as a means of insecurity, it, sh it really shapes how we show up in the things that we do and the relationships that we have. Like it's so, it's layered. It's really layered. So I, I'm curious to know, cause you were an athlete growing up and I wanted to be an athlete. I was a dancer and that is something that I did stick with. But if there was anybody better than me in the class, which was a lot of people, if there was anybody who, if I missed a class, for example, I would feel so ashamed. And then I had caretakers being like, well, you missed a class. And that's like, there was no, 
real like support um, that I felt. And this is going to kind of sound rambly. So try to stick with me. Um, Or if I would say something like, I don't want to go this time, I would be punished. And then my mom would just pull me out of the thing. Or if I wasn't practicing enough for her liking, it was like, I'm going to take you out. You can't go. And I had this really traumatic experience about doing the saxophone. I loved that instrument. Mm. Loved it. It was so awesome. And I remember one day we were headed out to saxophone lesson and my mother was upset about something. I don't remember what it was. And we may have been running behind, which was kind of a thing with with us. Mm -hmm. Um, And she was angry about something. And then she goes, well, you're just not going anymore. You're not going. You haven't been practicing anyway. You're not going. And I remember feeling so devastated because I loved that thing Mm -hmm. so much. Mm -hmm. And it was taken away from me because I wasn't good enough air quotes, Mm -hmm. because I wasn't doing what I was, what was expected of me, even though I was doing my best as a, as a child, you know? And so when I think about how I'm raising my girls, you know, one thing that we do do, like if they sign up for activities, they have to at least finish the first, the first part of it. And then, then we decide at the end, oh, mom, I don't want to do piano anymore. I don't want to do dance anymore. Okay. We won't, we won't re-up, you know, for the next thing, Mm -hmm. but I never make them feel bad or guilty for, or use their interests against them. Mm -mm. Right. And so when I think about what you said around, like, it's not going to take two days. It's going to take more than two days to to get to where you want to go in whatever journey you're at, in your healing journey and your walking practice. There were so many days early on when I was walking, I was like, this sucks. I'm, I'm, I made a commitment to myself to do it for 30 days and I'm done with this. I don't like it. And then after the 30 day mark, I'm like, oh, well, I, I do kind of, I do kind of like it. Right. And I'm going to, and I'm grown now so I can decide what I want to do. So a big part of me taking my power back is being a very grown adult and and knowing that nobody can take away my fitness practice nobody can talk me out of what i want to do if i want to do it or try it and so you as a 62 year old woman who grew up as an athlete who you know i'm sure wanted to quit more times than not like how do you feel in your security in your womanhood as you try new things, as you become a new person and step into this new chapter, like, do you ever count yourself out before, before you let yourself get to where you need to be? If so, why does that happen? And how do you kind of move through it? Oh my gosh, that's such a good question. And, um, you know, I, I see you in that quitting space. You know, I think there's a difference between quitting and stopping also. There's something about that's different about the two things. Um, you know, he, I guess here's um, a couple of things. I have found there have been plenty of times I wanted to stop walking, like you've done it for X number of years and you're, we're good, like you're good. And I think I've said this to you before, uh, that uh, for me, what's happening right now is that um, 
sort of the more I do it, the more access I have to really subtle and beautiful lessons. And if I stopped walking, I wouldn't have access to them. I think I've described it this way before, which is I don't really, I don't play video games. So I may have the analogy a little off, but my understanding is the more you play video games, the more you're given keys or levels or cheek, whatever they're called, but you have to play a certain amount of time before you get the access to that, that area of the game. Mm -hmm. And that's what I feel about my walking, which is it's only because I've walked like this that I have access to these exquisite lessons. And it's only, and if I were to stop now, I wouldn't, um, it doesn't mean I couldn't skip a day or something, but it's only because of this continuity that I have access to this kind of information. It only resides here at 12 years. Uh, that this, this knowledge only resides here, it doesn't reside at two years. So I'm now given access to these incredible moments because I'm, I've stuck with it. Um, you know, here, here's, uh, this is also a little bit related to the con the conversation around failure too. Like, do we, are we stopping before we feel like we're failing? And, you know, here, here's the thing about failure for me. Um, there's really no such thing, but all the, all the steps that feel and look like failure are required for learning and understanding. So everything that looks and feels like failure is required. I think curiosity is fueled and nourished by failure. When we're curious about something, the problem is that um, failure kind of, to me, needs a rebrand. We need to rebrand. Right now it's considered bad or it's a problem or you shouldn't fail. I think we should be failing all the time. That's how we, that's how we get to the next step. To me, the difference between success and failure is just the decision to keep trying. Mm. Mm. So if mm. we decide we want to keep trying, even though something's called a failure, we've now moved beyond what we consider failure into the realm of success, right? Like we've just moved on. Really, failure has a function. It asks you, do you want to keep going? Mm. So if you fail at some place, somewhere along the line of what you're doing, Failure says, do you want to keep going? Do you want to keep trying? Do you want to keep taking that next step? Do you want to keep moving forward? Mm -hmm. And when you say yes, now you've stepped into an area that's no longer failure. It's, it's um, success. So maybe, and I don't know how quitting and stopping and failure all sort of entwine, but there's something in the, the learning that comes from, from that, I think that ecosystem. I, and Quitting's a little bit different, and I don't know how to weave them together, but I think what I've learned by the time I'm here at 62 years is that to stop something means I've, I've stopped wanting to learn more about that subject. I've stopped wanting to continue down that path. That uh, quitting means, you know, quitting means I no longer want to pursue the information or lessons embedded within that activity. I no longer want to keep going. Maybe stopping is more, so quitting is the lack of desire to move forward for whatever reason. Right. Stopping is I've learned en enough for now because enough. when we stop, we can also resume, right? That's right. And That's, right. That's really well said. And, and failure. Failure is yeah. a part of the lesson. And, and something else that was coming up for me as you were speaking was stay close to people you can fail in front of. 
hundred percent. Because that makes such a difference. When we trip, fall, stumble, fail, get it wrong, who is safe enough for us to do that without judgment or shame? Because that's really that's right. That's right. Where a lot of my childhood trauma has stemmed from was I didn't have anyone safe to fail in front of. I couldn't make right. a mistake because if I did, I would be forced to quit. I would, and then I took that into adulthood where it's like. I'm I'm not good enough to be in this space. I'm just going to I'm just going to exit because I don't feel worthy to be here. And so yeah. for me that also goes back to like how I'm parenting my children. Mm-hmm. My children are allowed to fail. We do not have these super high expectations of them to be quote unquote successful. We want them to try. Trying is enough. And if they fail along the way, they have a safe place to land in me and dad when they do so. And I think that that really does shift how we are in relationships with people. Like, who can I fail in front of? Like, that's a journal question for us all to really think about. Who can I fail in front of and still feel held and safe and supported? Who can Mm -hmm. encourage me that even through that failure, I am still worthy and still enough and still capable if I would like to be, if I would like to continue Mm -hmm. to press forward? And so that's something interesting that I'm going to start thinking about as I take inventory of who's taking up space in my life. There's that word again, space. Because if I can't fail in front of you, like, are we really even needing to be in relationship? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, oh, it's layered. This conversation has been all over the place. Oh my gosh. <laughs> we started with glucose monitors, here we are in failure. <laughs> but I think the way you're holding it, which is, you know, I just really believe failure is required to fuel learning and curiosity. If yeah. we're curious people, right? I mean, I love the story of, um, I mean, you know, the... There's the cartoonist in a magazine, The New Yorker, and supposedly the cartoonists who submit their cartoons, they submit like a thousand cartoons before one gets chosen. Mm. Or think of, think of baseball players who swing and miss. I mean, failure is not a problem. It's, it, it is part of what it takes to move forward in something. Mm. And um, yeah, I love that your definition of the difference between quitting, stopping, and failure, all of which are you know, essential components of life. But yeah, it's, an, it's, um, it's a, your initial question, really interesting. Having grown up with kind of this sort of um, ecosystem of what it means to quit, what it means to stop, how it was used as a punishment for you. It was um, really a control mechanism. Yeah, and yeah. the older I get, the more me and my mother have had certain conversations about that, which we cannot get into that today, but it was, it's really deeply rooted in her challenges around control, trying to control her world. And, um, you know, so yeah, it's, it's, it's all interesting. And that leads me back to glucose monitors, glucose monitors, (laughs) mindful choices. Mindful choices. <laughs> well, that was a, that was a, we haven't had one of these rambly uh, conversations in a while, but that was great. It's what I needed today. 
<laughs> Me too. I love you so, and I love the fact that we can, um, uh, on this walk of our podcast, we can go down all sorts of pathways. Literally, <laughs> and explore a lot of different, yeah, a lot of different subjects. But um, I love you so. I love <laughs> Thank you, you too. For this conversation. Thank you. I'll talk to you soon. <laughs> okay. Bye. This morning walk is a production of Blind Nil Audio, hosted by me, Alex L. And me, Libby Delena, produced and edited by Chris Jacobs. If you find value and meaning in the conversations that Libby and I have, please share the show with a friend and consider leaving a five-star review. Comments on Apple Podcasts really help us out. When you do that, it introduces this show to a bigger audience. Thank you so much for listening. You are wonderful. Have a great walk. The views, information, or opinions expressed in the series are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of Chip and Joanna Gaines, Blind Nail Audio, nor Magnolia.